So, sports car legend, Johnny O'Connell. If you could describe this lunch we just had in one word, what would it be? Heartburn. This <laughs> <laughs> poor place. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Welcome to Dinner with Racers Season 2. Season 2? We made it. You guys I don't know are so lucky how or why we did this. That we don't we know. care enough to do this. So <laughs> it, is, uh, it is literally day 40 yeah. of a cross-country and back tour. We have now had 12,000 miles put on this poor vehicle. We drove across 29 states. And had 28 guests this season. That's right. Uh, for free for you to listen and then compare it against season one and go, eh, well, you know. They didn't do as many day. season but one jokes. Okay, so first and foremost, I want to just say an honest, sincere, holy shit, thank you for listening to season one. Yeah. Like our download number is doesn't add up. It yeah. does, it's like, no. We actually made the joke consistently in season one of like, eh, no one's going to hear this. And then you guys, by the hundred thousands, made that uh, totally wrong. And we really, really appreciate it. And that's why we have a season two. And two key partners we absolutely have to thank for, for really making this happen. Uh, the first one were the people who gave us this amazing vehicle. Uh, we've been driving the entire time in a, and this is no bullshit, we've been driving in a Honda Odyssey. And this car has been the perfect car to put 12,000 miles across the country. Think on. about that for a second. 12,000 miles is like a one-year lease in miles. And we did it in 40 days. We did it in 40 days, which is awful, but also huge thank you to Honda for letting us do that because that is a lot of miles they're gonna put on this car. And they did it for us because they believe in what we're doing. I work for them, they're great people. Like seriously, that is a massive expense that we couldn't be able to afford to do this. So. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And this isn't just a marketing exercise. The car was incredibly comfortable. I mean, we, there's, you'll hear about it uh, in one of our episodes. We literally drove 19 hours straight at one point. Yeah. And uh, the car, you know, was a was a literal lifesaver in terms of the comfort and the convenience. Uh, but of course, all of this was uh, sitting on. Hey, Ryan, what tire? Continental tire. The Cross Contact LX20. So again, this isn't possible without partners. Continental Tire believed in our idea from the get-go. We pitched them. They said, absolutely, we'd like to do that. When the numbers came in on season one, they were blown away, as were we. And because of that, we were able to do this again, and we hope to do more of them in the future for you guys. So thank you, thank you, Continental Tire. All of you guys that are sending us the tweets and tagging Continental Tire saying you bought tires because of that, that literally justifies their partnership with us and continues down the road. So your business is actually being recorded when you guys send us those things. So please keep doing it. So keep doing that. Keep telling Continental you're buying tires because of the podcast. Even if it's not true. No, no. But no, okay. So once again, we couldn't have done any of this without you guys downloading it, without Continental and Honda coming on board. So without that... Let's get into the good stuff. Our first recording 
was in Atlanta. Uh, we were both in town uh, for the Petit Le Mans weekend. Ryan was driving in the Continental Tire Series. Finished second. And I was there for a handful of teams. Disqualified. <laughs> and uh, so as soon as Petit Le Mans ended, literally that Monday, we were we were off and recording uh, the show. Yes. So not too far from Road Atlanta is a city of Flowery Branch, Georgia, right. where the one and only Johnny O'Connell lives. Sports car legend. He's won Le Mans several times. World Challenge champion for four years straight. Just sort of, if you're a GT or a sports car, or just a road racing guy, there's no way you don't love Johnny O'Connell. Told us a killer story about how he crashed the Nissan GT U car back at Watkins Glen. There's a YouTube clip. We're going to try to link it on the website. We found out that he tried to murder Dario Franchitti. Uh, he and I have a unique history together, <laughs> which, which he didn't even know about, but he learns about that. Uh, we learn about his overall speed yeah. and that he's been a second faster than every teammate he's ever had ever. He's not afraid to pull any punches. He was happy to talk about anybody we asked. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy his just candor and openness as well as that, that southern fiery attitude that he's gained over his last 35 years of living in Atlanta. So we ate at Mooney's Barbecue in Flowery Branch, Georgia. I had the barbecue sandwich platter. And I had the barbecue chicken sandwich imagine that so let's get on with johnny oh continental tire huh no nobody anybody Meow. all right we're gonna start in five four three two who's this guy what's up brother how are you buddy Do we I've never even been to this place. What's going on? Meet How are you? Nice you. Meet you. Look at you going all high tech and everything. <laughs> you. Oh, look at yeah. you being yeah. high tech, Ryan. Well, welcome to my podcast, I like Johnny. It. I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah. You've met Sean before, right? I don't know. Have we met Sean? You look familiar. He's put me on the spot. Uh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we we've met a couple times. Um, the most recent encounter, despite my um, bachelor's degree from UCLA. I spent a uh, lovely hour holding up a hero card to block you from the sun. Oh, <laughs> so I'm feeling nothing but love for you right there. there you, you know, when you're so. an orangutan like me, can you turn me down a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice <clears throat> so what's happening, man? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. nothing. Just, uh, you fly out on Wednesday? I'm on Wednesday. Are you early? on the same flight? No, I'm late. No, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. early to San Francisco. Okay, so yeah, yeah, we're going San Josie at like <clears throat> 6 p.m. or something. All right. Well, yeah. that's decent. Yeah. That's decent. Get a full day Six in. Six, and then you'll get in there about, what, seven? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so, let's get right into it. Have you ever broken anybody's arms at karate? You know what? I haven't, but uh, <sighs> you know what? And, and, and you know what? When I was doing all the martial arts stuff, uh, and I loved it. You know, we actually competed in a couple world championships, and uh, and I think it ain't goals. My, my ex-wife, though, total ninja yeah. in, in a previous life i mean she's actually soon to be a master and, and we get along great and uh, i'm very proud of her you know for that but uh, but yeah loved it I, I i mean it is the closest thing to the intensity of racing that that i found but you know when i finally got to to black belt you know i lasted there for about a year and you start working with other guys that don't have control and i started getting a lot of arm and wrist injuries sure sure so yeah so i don't know how lally does it you know, sooner or later, somebody's going to rip his arm off. I have a feeling very quickly it's going to come to an abrupt end when yeah. you're like, like the, a storm's going to roll through Atlanta and every bone in his body's going to freeze up. He's going to be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. that's the problem because yeah. arthritis is going to be a big friend of his soon. So well, you've, um, you've, have you ever killed anybody? Yeah. 
Not that I'm aware of. Not, not that I, I mean, not that, not that you've been accused not of. That, not not that, I, that I've been accused of it. Uh, it was funny because I didn't even, just to get back to Andy real quick, you know, great guy. <laughs> just to deflect yeah, from me yeah, killing somebody. Yeah, because yeah, that's <laughs> never a good thing. Murder, murder's not good. Well, you uh, haven't met Spencer. Yeah, I've almost killed my kids a couple times. <laughs> but uh, but I, I didn't even know Lally was training until I saw him at, like, Daytona. And it wasn't this year. It might have been the, the year before. And his ears were all nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that guy's He loves like, it. He yeah, loves yeah, it. It's yeah, good yeah, stuff. Yeah. But, uh, we were training one day, and uh, he was doing, like, the 11 o'clock class, and I was doing the 12 o'clock or something. So I came in a little later. And I walk in, and everyone's like, have you seen it yet? And I, I like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you got to go look at Andy's ear. And he yeah. literally had a grape-sized earlobe. Like, the bottom of the yeah. lobe had gotten punctured or something, and it swelled to the size of a grape and he's like oh, look yeah. look he was like so That's happy part about is he's it. like proud oh of he's it. so proud he's of in it. his yeah. 40s and he could, you know. <laughs> yeah i believe uh, he's 47 let me yeah he's uh how old are you i'm an honest 54 okay honest so he's 50. like two he's years like, younger than you I think. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you got a lot of cool stuff going on in your life the fact that your son now Kanan, is racing and now he's racing he's racing crazy stuff he's doing hill climb at pike's peak and a was that Lancer or yeah, something? Yeah, it was a Mitsubishi Evo, yeah. Yeah, things got crazy uh, wings all over it. Yeah, and big looks, horsepower, yeah, big horsepower. Yeah. And that place is still pretty crazy. You make a mistake there, that's a big, it's a, it's a it big was, commitment. It, it was funny because he and I visited about three months before he did his run-up. And because uh, I just wanted, you know, to get a visual, I wanted to get some video for him. Because, right. you know, he works at the Bob Bondurant School. He's right, an right. instructor out there. And uh, and before that, he worked for Chris Cook, who's a guy, great guy, unbelievably talented driver yeah. and instructor. He, Is he, he the guy that does all the stock car races correct. at Sonoma? Correct. Yeah. 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 And uh, so Kanan got to work under him a lot. He's been funny because, you know, since he was like seven or eight years old, we, we've been karting together. Right. All off the radar stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot at this place called Lovable, which is where they have the uh, yeah, charity. Yeah, that's uh, Dennis event. Spencer's old go-kart track. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, Dennis actually gave me a key to that place years ago. Same. So let's, uh, let's talk about that place real quick because yeah, that's yeah. like a hidden secret to North Georgia that people wouldn't know about. He has a shop nearby, which is the old Lovable Bra Factory. And so he takes this shop, which he has a big trench shoring company, yeah. I think is what he does. Yeah. And he's got this, uh, we're talking about Dennis Spencer. He used to yeah. have a Mazda right. team back in the day, um, <clears throat> which is probably like, what, 20 minutes from here? Just It's now? not even. Yeah. We, are, we, are, we, we are literally about seven or eight minutes yeah. from it right now. So he takes this old level bra factory. Half of it is trench shoring stuff. It's a big piece of property, big, massive, massive factory. And then he uh, turns half of it into a race shop, half into a carbon shop. I say half, like literally like tenths of it. And then he literally takes half of it and builds an indoor go-kart track, which is like a minute ten lap time inside and he went and bulk ordered something like 25 dirt cart chassis this is you know 15 16 years ago and uh we'd go over there on friday and we'd have friday night fights yeah and it was the archangel team versus the the dennis spencer <laughs> racing team and the whole only rule was you had to bring gas yeah and if you broke something you had to fix it you had yeah to pay for it because oh, there was yeah. a shelf of parts he just orders parts for go-karts so we'd go over there, and we'd literally be, like, slamming each other into walls and, you know, trying to go for the win. There's timing and scoring. You know, it was, like, a big deal. Um, but that's something unique to kind of our little world here in North Georgia because no one would know that this guy has this amazing internal oh, go-kart track. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's still there. If you drove by it, you would have no idea that there's this mega, wicked cool, you know, go-kart track in there. And, uh, and he, you know, he utilizes it for a lot of charity events, like yep. at Petit Le yep. Mans. But for uh, a lot of the local 
you know, charities and the, and the community around here. He does a lot of things for kids. And he's upgraded all the carts. The yeah. carts now are, are fast carts. Like road racing chassis and yeah. everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the real deal. And uh, I think they're all six horsepower. Promote Honda for you. There you they're, go. They're, they're, they're Honda. We appreciate yeah. your business. Your, your, your company <laughs> makes lawnmower engines. That's cool. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, we also, we also make jets. There we are. Yeah, All right. Yeah, well, I didn't yeah. know that. How's the Chevy know. Formula One program That's going? That's right. It's killing. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, it, uh, getting back on track. Yeah, no, that place is so much fun. It's and he, he, has, he has a deal uh, every New Year's where he brings his That's employees right. from That's around right. the, the, the country. And you do a 10-hour enduro. Yeah. And, but what's kind of fun is like the last hour he'll do things like turn off the lights and it's pitch black yeah pitch yeah, black yeah, like yeah. You, you hear all you hear is like <laughs> bam yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can't a lot see of you're going. going on yeah water but, down the track which is literally like hitting ice oh yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is where you got your ideas from <laughs> for our party <laughs> yeah right right yeah, right i don't know what you're talking so, about so uh, but yeah so job, so Ryan. you know getting back to canaan you know he did we he and i have burned so much fuel there mm -hmm. and uh and so you know he, he, he's He's generally developing, but it's really been in like the last year where finally things have clicked for him, and he's like, "Wow, now I know what you were talking about." Wow, now I know what you're talking about. Right, right. But but yeah, when you're, it was funny because it was actually Road America last year, and I'm waiting for him to go up the mountain. On the Tuesday, on his first run, he fell off. He yeah yeah he slid it he oh. understeered into a ditch. The guy spent all this time fixing it. They got it oh, done just man. in time so he could do the last part of the mountain. And uh, but uh, but yeah, so like I am, I am like, you know, we're on the grid. And one of the uh, the guys on the team came up with his phone and said he made it. Nice. And so that was that was awesome. <laughs> but then to talk to him that night, uh, you know, and 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 just he hear how stoked he was. Dad, it was so cool. Right. I'm at the top of the mountain with Reese Mitten, uh, Reese Millen. And, and Paul Dahlenbach, and we're eating donuts and having a snowball fight. That's so, awesome, man. So, yeah, yeah, good stuff. But, yeah, and since then, he just he gets better and better. And we actually, he and I goofed around a couple of weeks ago in, uh, in some Miatas, and uh, for the first time in his life, he, he beat me. He was quick. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Man, so he's, don't he, tell anybody. We'll, no, edit, no. we'll edit that out. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, I'm all right. You know what? If there's one person you want to beat you, it's your kid. Now, I'm going <laughs> to, that was like in a showdown, and we've done it since, like, all the time at Lovable. He'd do five laps, I'd do five laps, loser does 20 push-ups. <laughs> and, uh, and this was the first time he made me do push-ups. Now, by the end of the day, <laughs> Daddy did get quicker. But, but, but you know what? It, that, that, that tiny stuff is hard to drive. Those Miatas, right. they, they have a, uh, 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 you need a unique technique to, to mm -hmm. drive them quickly. Mm -hmm. He's how old? He is now 22. He's oh, 22. Okay. Did yeah. his first uh, TCB race at Utah, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, I'm just I'm smiling and cracking up as uh, as I think about it, and uh, so he finishes second, and he, he you know, you show up at the end of the year, you got to carry the same weight as the guy who's leading the championship, which was his teammate, and uh, you know that's always your objective when you have a teammate is to is is to go quicker than got that guy, and he he did a great job, finished second, but uh, you know I have video of him. You know, going up on the podium and like the first time he's by a trophy girl. Right, and you right. can see he's all bashful and stuff. It was, it was, it was awesome. So, so, yeah, good dad moment. So, along the lines of 22-year-olds, one of the mutual stories that I have about you that you confirmed for me was we have a, I have a friend named Adam Merzon, a guy I coach, and then you know Lynn Wilson and Lynn and Adam. I think they either kind of grew up together or they have some sort of friendship so when adam found out i was going to world challenge a couple of years ago he he's like oh you're gonna race against johnny o'connell 
the story I know about that guy is that he used to ride a go-kart around his college campus to get to class. And so you were telling me a little different variation. It's a, it's a little. I like that story. Yeah. I like that story, but I wouldn't <laughs> trust anybody with uh, leaving a go-kart outside of, uh, you know, one of, one of the, the classrooms or the where buildings. Was, where was school? But uh, Denison University. Okay. And that's how I, you know, uh, uh, same place Bobby Rahal went to. Oh. And Bobby was pretty instrumental in helping me out. Really? Uh, after I won my Atlantic championship in 87. But uh, the real story is that there was Fraternity Row on, upon which there were nine, uh, nine frat houses, one of which, you know, Lynn was a part of. He was, he was a Sigma Chi, and that's where all, like, the preppy guys went, and, you know, they thought they were quite important. <laughs> all right. I was, you know, off the row. We were the only house off the row, Delta Chi. And we were... Maybe a little bit more crazy, you know. Actually, you know, remember Animal House? Okay, so yeah, yeah, kind of like Delta. Animal House. Yeah, yeah okay. it, we were not the thank you, sir. May I have another <laughs> fraternity? But uh, but yeah, you know what? Uh, the the reason I chose Denison is because there was great racing okay. uh, about an hour and a half to two hours away. I actually chose it because there I could continue my go karting and. Uh, and uh, but yeah, now and then on uh, on a Friday or Saturday afternoon, you know, before I was going to go to uh, to a race, I'd you know I'd fire up my cart and zip through Fraternity Row, and uh, and, uh, and 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 this you know if this was a two-stroke, this this thing hauled ass. Right. And uh, and there was one time there was a semi coming up the hill, and I passed underneath it. So I because uh, because uh, haven't you always wanted to try that yeah, kind of track? Totally. Totally. You're like, you know, and you're, you know, you're 19, 20 years old. It's yeah, not like you're dealing with a fully yeah. developed brain at that point anyway. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, no, he, uh, he came up to me years later. He went on to become a really, you know, uh, uh, I think su successful oncologist at Yale and, and great guy. And, uh, you know, there's two ways to go racing. One is to, you know, beg, borrow, steal, be poor for a long, long time. And if the gods shine upon you, you, you finally get picked up and get paid. The other is to make a ton of money. Right. <laughs> and that those guys, I think, have a little bit more fun, and the odds of them, you know, enjoying it are, are, are a little bit better because right. there's a lot more of them. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, Lynn, Lynn is a great guy, and he'll still, you know, he'll text me or call me uh, after races and, and uh, try to get the inside scoop of what's right. going on. But right. great guy. Yeah, small world. So you won the Formula Atlantic Championship, and I guess back then they used to do an east-west thing. And then the year you won the West Coast, Calvin Fish. Calvin won, won the East Coast. Won the East Coast. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't realize that he actually raced very well, you know, for, for quite a while against some very big names. Who were the guys in your in your championship on the West Coast that you were up against? Like anybody we know now? You know what? Most of those guys, you know, disappeared. They didn't They didn't really? last. Uh, their fast guys were Jan Pekas. Uh-huh. Uh, one really strong guy, probably the strongest of all, uh, uh, you know, was Jeff Krosnoff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, he didn't have a, a, a great season that year. We all go through years we, where we have a good team, a bad team, everything fits, everything done. Uh, Parker Johnstone was very quick, and Dean Hall. Uh, Dean Hall was, was very quick. And, uh, but, yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was a fun year. And, and it was funny because I did Super V in 1986. And uh, and uh, you know didn't didn't get any uh, any wins had a, had a bunch of podiums, but had several races I should have won and uh, would have stu three times during the year. There's there's a little tiny screw that holds the butterfly valve on 
on the, on that uh, Volkswagen 1600. Um, three times while leading, had one of those little screws back <laughs> out and, and launched, launched the motor. So at the end of that year, you know, the guy that was sponsoring me, a great guy named Jerry Conrad, and uh, but uh, he's like, listen, you know, I, I'm, I'm done spending money, but take all the equipment and whatever you get for it, great, and you can use that to go racing in 87. And back then, the budget to do Atlantic was about 170000 and uh, and I had 72. And so I took it to a great guy named Alistair McNeil, and uh, he, uh, he hired a guy named Ricky Cameron. Yeah. And <laughs> a lot of people will recognize that name because he's actually the only one I know that's still really in the sport. And Ricky was my crew chief, and we went off with a limited budget and uh, and won that championship. And again, that was critical because it was at Laguna Seca uh, where I locked the championship up. And, you know, Bobby Ray Hall was there. He actually came to our banquet. But he's like, listen, I know you went to Denison. And he made the huge mistake of here's my card. If there's ever anything I can do for you, <laughs> give me a call. So I think I, like, waited two days. Hey, Bobby. It's, it's Johnny it's O. It's How me. you doing, man? It's me. So, hey. But, uh, Hello? But, yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was a neat deal. But, there, you know, and again, it's, it, it, I, I've been very blessed to, uh, to be doing it a long time and uh and still loving it you know it, it uh you know i got to do lamar again this year yeah and i ran across you know mcnish alan mcnish and you know again i've known alan since like 99 i mean we and i've raced a bunch together in prototypes sure and i go up to him and i'm like so so tell me dude you know how, how hard is it being out of the car right Cause that's something i can't even fathom and he's like i'm i was done i was tired you know uh, it, it, I was hurting. I, you know, I wasn't enjoying it. And he's ha now out of the car. He's having a great time. And all I, you know, and I was like, dude, I got to tell you what, I love it every bit as much as when I was 22. Right. right. You know, it's the reason to wake up in the morning. Well, so uh, that's the interesting thing about you to me is that when McNish said he was done, it kind of made sense because he's, you know, he's been busted up a few times. And so at a certain point, you go, how much more of this can I really take? But I mean, you've taken your share of licks over the years, and doesn't seem like that slowed you down at all. Or you're not thinking about it. I mean, have you had any of those recovery periods where you're like, ah, this isn't worth it anymore? No, you know, I mean, you've got, you go through some times where your body hurts. Right. And uh, it's funny because uh, the, this goes back to when I was driving for Corvette. I remember going to see my doctor. I think my back had been hurting and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, hey, when I'm done driving, okay, can I stop working out? And all that kind of stuff. And he's right. like, no, 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 no. Never <laughs> stop working out. And actually, there was a point there where I was considering, you know, getting my back fixed with surgery. Mm -hmm. And uh, a great guy, Phil Plaska, he's like, dude, 98% of the doctors in Atlanta are, will be happy to cut you. And I can cut you. And there's a 70-some-odd percent chance you're going to feel better. He's like, but really, what you need to do is train harder, push harder, push harder, push through the pain. And he was right. You know, I changed my – I do a whole lot of swimming now. And uh, – but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I th uh, it, it, it's part of the deal. Like you said, I – you know, the big ones – the big ones I had were on ovals, uh, an Indy car and Indy lights. Never my fault. Always a mechanical. And uh, – which is why I made that decision, man. I'm getting, out of, that, driver, I'm getting out of that crap. And, I, I'm uh, on his side. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's never and been my fault. Yeah, I, I've never met a race driver who was at fault for his crash. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, 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 can, I can bring up mechanics, and nobody likes you at this moment, and I'm right now at the top of the list. Anybody like him? No, there are no hands in this restaurant. And, uh, but also, you can, you know what? You can, uh, the, the one, you know, I, I did have a huge one in the Nissan yeah. at Watkins Glen. 
uh, that people Funny enough, can, we uh, were we were just watching that. But yeah. Go on. yeah, yeah. People can pull that one up, and uh, and then I also had a big one the first year at Petit Le Bon in uh, in one of the panels. We'll probably link that video on our website, yeah, dinneracers.com. Yeah, that that one was interesting because that's actually I remember seeing it live and I was you don't want to know how young but uh, uh, <laughs> but I I just watched it again on the road on the trip over here because we were you know reminded of that so you know Millen's off sideways you guys you don't see him coming obviously yeah. you're going up through the S's and you guys crash and you're walking out of your car there's clearly a massive wreck for anybody that's coming up the hill and you're walking along the Armco. What it, and you see a guy come at you, and all of a sudden you have to leap over the over the, the fence, and, and you seem pretty busted up at the time. Let so. me tell a story. Yes. Oh, boy. Yes, there here we go. Right. Now, th that was 93. I think it was okay. 93. I was 10 and, years old. And, uh, you know, and Millen, he taught me a lot, but the guy, you know, about the out-of-the-cockpit stuff. And this is Rod Millen, Reese's dad. No, this is Steve Millen. Steve Millen. Steve okay, Millen. that's his uncle? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. his uncle. Gotcha. And uh, taught me a lot. Great politician out of the car, and uh, never really liked the guy though, <laughs> and uh, and that's that's putting it mild, mildly. Okay. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna circle so, back to that. That's good. Yeah. So so all right. This is Watkins Glen. Okay. I get my first pole. All right. We're in the meeting before it, before the start of the race, and we're racing against some fast guys. Darren Brassfield, wicked fast. Tommy Kendall, wicked fast. Uh, Paul Chenalozzi, when the car was right, could be wicked fast. And uh, so I get my first pole. It was on a wet track, and I'm like, yay. All right, I'm, I'm going to dig. I, uh, and then morning of the race, you have the team meeting, and they're like, all right, here's what we want you to do. We want you to give Steve the start and then just fall in behind him and protect him. <sighs> and Where well, were you in the championship at this point? I have no idea. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. But at that t part of the season, everybody's in the championship. Yeah. Right, okay. You know, it's just that he was the designated He was the guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I could tell no Nissan stories forever. But uh, so uh, so I'm like, tick, the start goes. All right, now Brassfield. Brassfield was, you know, if people don't know Darren Brassfield, there were weekends where Brassfield was so fast. Yeah. Other weekends he'd be completely lost. Well, this is one of those weekends where he's completely switched on. So he gets by me. He gets by Millen disappears okay and then Genelosi comes he disappears I think Tommy was having some some issues I don't that don't think he was in the in the fray at that point so uh so I'm on the radio god let me go let me go and finally they let me go so I go by Steve I go by Genelosi I start catching up to Darren first stops come in and uh and we have a crappy stop so I come out and I'm right behind Millen and I'm like can I go and they're like no no stay there and, and literally, I was like, I was so angry in the cockpit. And I was like, screw this. Why even try? And so I backed out, and I let about two seconds, you know, gap get between us. And then, uh, then I said to myself, and it, it's not uncommon to use profanity in, in the car. <laughs> and, well, on a podcast. And, uh, yeah, what did you say word for word? I, I was like, <laughs> f*** this, you know. And... Uh, and so it was just like, just started digging. Now, you know, the, well, that's what you say. Right. You know, 100%. Right. And, and, uh, and going up the hill, okay, you know, the right-hander turned two, then right. through three, the left-hander. If you had the guts, you could do it flat. And I'd been breathing. I was like, I'm digging. Right. All right. So I go, I go into two. I'm full chat, okay, up the hill, full chat. Now, Millen, who'd been two seconds in front of me, tangled with this cat okay i don't know who was trying to pass who on the outside and they're both 
driver's right just past the crest of the hill. So anyway, you know, I come over the top of the crest and I see Millen on the right-hand side and I'm like, I know I can't lock him up because then I'll just slide right into him. Yeah. So, so, and I've gone through and I've analyzed this and I did about as good. Uh, my only move is to get the car to turn left, but I'm, I'm committed. You right, know, yeah. I've come up that hill hauling. Yeah. And so I'm doing all I can. I can't tell, but Millen is rolling backwards. And if you watch mm, it again, yeah. he rolls into my path. And that, that is the first time like in, in, in a race car where like, I'm, I'm going to, uh, thought I was going to get killed. Actually scared. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, no, I thought game over. And, uh, and I mean crushing. I mean huge every huge part crash. of my body hit. And this was pre-Hans. Right. So, oh, now, yeah. luckily, I was never back then a guy that kept my shoulder strap, you know, shoulder harnesses real tight. And so, you know, bang off the wheel and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, uh and I come to a stop, and this was so funny because Clayton Cunningham built those cars. And there must have been four or five times during my career at Nissan where I caught on fire and never <laughs> once did the fire extinguisher work. <laughs> and so I'm, you know, I, I come to, to, to a stop, and I'm, like, you know, trying to catch my breath. I'm, like, blown away I'm still alive. And I look, right. and there's, like, fire, you know, in front of me, and there's fire on the side. Not big fire, little fire. And uh, I'm like, crap, you got to get out of this thing. So I start to get out, and P.J. Jones... Okay, yep, yep. comes through, and I'm like, guys are still coming through here, you yep. know. So finally I get out. Uh, I'm like, my whole body's in shock. Yeah. Sure. And uh, and I'm like crawling along the guard. Yeah. This cat comes in in a Porsche who hasn't slowed down at all. Now, when you watch the video, okay, it looks like I am diving over the guardrail because of his car, which, yes, it would have hit me, okay, I'm actually diving out of the way of a wheel that he's hit oh, because he oh, hit, yeah, yeah, he's hit a wheel, and that thing's coming at me. Now, yeah. if you've ever, like, lifted a racing tire, yeah. they're heavy. And back then, those wheels were massive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. light now. And so that would have killed me. Oh, yeah. And so uh, so I flip over, and I'm like, Ugh, you know, and, I'm, and then I'm like, I'm down on the ground for about two to five minutes. Some guys help me out, and then I realize, yeah. holy crap, Steve's, you know, how steep. Yeah. And he's almost dead. Yeah. He's almost dead in the car, and so mirac a miracle that uh, that he actually you know survived that one. I went. You go back later and you look at the video, and literally, had I gone another 20 feet further down the racetrack, when I where I would have dove over the guardrail is the injured. entry yeah. to the racetrack. Would've so it would have been, been about a 40 foot fall to the concrete below. Yeah. So yeah. you know uh, <laughs> that was that. You know what I. Moments like that make you spiritual. And you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, yeah. Now we're definitely going to link this on the website. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. if you're listening yeah. on iTunes, that's cool. But go to dinnerwithracers.com. Yeah. So why didn't you get along with Millen outside of – was it just personalities clashing or was it – Yeah, no, he was just he – he, he, was, he was the number one. And, and, and you were still and, coming and, up. Uh, and most of the time I was quicker than him. Right. And uh, so you had team orders and stuff like that. There was uh, – you know, in order for him to win the championship, I think it was in 03 or 04, whatever. And I ended up finishing second. But I'm running, winning at Road Atlanta. And I'm like 12 seconds up on him. And they're on the radio saying, you got to slow down. you got to give it to him. you got to give right. it to him. And, uh, and uh, that man, I, I just hate that crap. Yeah. And, uh, and but the objective for me had been put it out so put it so far that they can't do it. 
and then they start telling me, you're not going to make it on fuel. You're not going to uh, make it on fuel. Right. So right. Now which you're is, right. which was, I knew was total BS. Yeah. Right. Hell. And uh, but at the end of the day, they they paid my bill, and so right. you know, going into the last lap, I came out of uh, came out of you know turn twelve and pulled right and really, really, really slow. Made down. it obvious. Yeah. 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 Well, you know what? Here's no, the deal. You do message. that for your teammate. Yeah. They ought to come up and recognize. Oh Dude, yeah. Thank right. you so yeah, much. Absolutely. Thank you. I can't. You know, I really owe you, man. Buy you dinner, something like that. He wouldn't even recognize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and he and I got into a little bit of an argument that year. There was a, a race put on at Autopolis in Japan. They flew our cars over and okay. we raced there, and I crushed them. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, what I like is that you're humble about but, it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I just don't like it. And, uh, Wasn't but, clear. Yeah, but. Uh, but, you know, he's like, you know, I, I had done an interview where I said, yeah, no, I, you know, has helped Steve win that championship. And uh, and he came up to me, what do you mean, yeah, me win that championship? <laughs> in his stupid Aussie accent. Crazy <laughs> Kiwi. Not that we have a problem with Aussies, <laughs> just yeah, that yeah, one. No, I can, as you can see, <laughs> the, anger, you, the anger remains, you know. Yeah, why did you take uh, your shirt off? Are you okay? Uh, I, know, I know, really, somebody hit me up. But, uh, and, I, and then I explained it to him, and he was like, that wasn't. I mean, uh, he's yeah, just yeah. not not a pleasant guy. But to his credit, guy could drive fast. Yeah, guy yeah. could drive fast on his day. He was wicked fast, and uh, you know, I mean, his his style was to to be ruthless in every you know aspect of the game, right. which meant politically as well. Sure. And uh, you know, again, he was the the Nissan guy. Uh, you know, he had that still in aftermarket yep, part big, business. Big so, deal. Yeah. you know, that was there. There were a lot of things. You know, it's real funny because my boss at the time was a guy named Frank Hanswitz. And uh, at the end of it, it was either 93 or 94. I went back and I had a good idea as to what Steve was making. And uh, so I go in because um, I'm like jerky, cocky little guy. <laughs> and uh, and I'm negotiating with them. And I'm going, I was faster here. I was faster here. You know, I'm future yada 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 and and then frank was just like listen the sooner you realize that this game is a lot more than just being fast the further you're going to go right and so i didn't get my raise but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what i mean frank was awesome he was he was a he was a great uh you know uh program manager mm -hmm. for for nissan and uh you know, they, at the time, there was also a guy named Kaz Kasner that did MPT, ran NPTI. MPTI and actually, yeah. I had trans, you know, in, in uh, 91, I started doing a bunch of work for uh, MPTI and the Group C and GTP yeah. stuff, which was which was awesome. You know, I was actually, it was going to be Jeff Brabham and myself that got the IndyCar program. Nissan back then was looking at IndyCars. And unfortunately, the yen tank, the Japanese economy tank, they right. got rid of the guy. <laughs> Uh, who was president of Nissan? Frank Mignanelli, I think, was his name, and replaced him with a guy that liked uh, that liked golf. But uh, Frank once said to me, "Listen, at the start of every race, I give you 100% of a race car. Bring me back 1%. Just win." Right. And so you know, and, and Ryan, you can probably relate to this. When you're when you're the poor guy coming up, the, one of the things that you you need to develop is mechanical sympathy. You can't abuse yep. your crap. Yep. You've got to be. You know, and back then you actually had to have a skill set as a driver, as in shifting right. and braking, you know, so you don't lock up tires and uh, good heel toe, all the stuff that really, you know, that I miss in the sport. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, he, 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 he taught me a lot. And, uh, you know, those sayings like that, bring back 1% yeah. is, is, uh, is the, is pretty, you know, it's stuck with me. One, I, I want to 
go down the road of personalities with the people that you've gotten to drive with and things like that. But I got to hear about, and I know our listeners would want to hear about, tell us how badass that 300ZX twin turbo car was to drive. 750 horsepower. You guys, that was a car that was a staple of my childhood. Like, I love 935 Porsches, the Nissan GTP cars, as well as the GT cars. Like, the, you know, that was part of the deal for IMSA back then. Yeah. You guys were like one of the superstar cars. And everyone wants to know how cool those cars were to drive. I'm sure you get asked that a lot still in your career. So cool. Yeah. I mean, just to have that kind of power. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, that was a 2.8 liter twin turbo V6. Yeah. 710 foot pounds of torque. Nice. If God. people if people know racetracks, you know, right. at, at uh, Firebird Raceway where Bonron is, okay. there's a place called the, the, the West Track. And you get up to, you know, fourth. Yeah, yeah, I think it was just fourth gear. It's a tiny little place. Yeah. But you'd be wheel spinning Everywhere. all the right. way to the braking zone. Oh. It was, dude, it was so cool. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but a really tricky car to drive. You know, Yokohama had built a, a special tire for that car, yeah. a really high-profile tire. And, uh, and that kind of, that, that helped you manage things a little bit. Right. But you would get guys in there that you would swear were top guys. Jeff Rabin drove it. Yeah. Couldn't figure it out. Really? Couldn't figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, but uh, you know, once you figured it out and once you could learn the, the, to anticipate the boost, uh, man, that thing went. And, right. and it was so cool back then because, you know, you didn't have, you know, the traction control. You didn't have ABS. It was still normal shifting. And, uh, and actually, I want to say it was 94, 95 when uh, we were running – you know, all the guys, remember back in Formula 1 back then, Mansell and Senna, and you'd watch them on TV, and all the titanium sparks are, are flying. And uh, and so we would run titanium buttons, and Oldsmobile was running titanium, <laughs> Ford was. And, and I'll never forget, you know, uh, at, uh, at Road Atlanta. This was before 10, this was old Road Atlanta, right. when you would call, yeah, come dip. out of 7, and you had the dip. The dip, yeah. yeah. We're like at a buck 90 there right. in this car. And I remember following Darren Brassfield, and I'm just like a car length off him, you know. Uh, and we go through the dip, you know, on the first several laps, full tanks, you know, tire pressures aren't all the way up. And just sparks. Sparks, yeah. dude, like yeah. you wouldn't believe. I mean, it's like <laughs> glowing, your windshield glowing. And, and, and just thinking, this is so cool, you know. And so, so, yeah, that was uh, – that was uh, – that was fun. That was a that was a magical time. But yeah, hard car to drive. I got I was very lucky, you know, because at that time, uh, Nissan had sold one of the older cars to uh, to a team in Costa Rica. Right. And so they there was actually a Central American championship back then. <laughs> and so I was flying down to Central America to Costa Rica, Venezuela, uh, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, doing this championship. And one of my best wins, one of my best memories, is at Costa Rica. And they got a little racetrack outside. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, and uh, but safety standards, dude, <laughs> don't did exist. Not exist. <laughs> You're going down. There's like a back straightaway where it was lined with trees. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> the hospitals are so good in Costa Rica. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, this is a while ago, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, would, this would have been 90, 93 or 94. Right. Okay. And, uh, but they had huge crowds showing oh, up. Yeah. And, the, right. and the car dealerships. Yeah, you could see them. They're standing by the track. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was Panama. That was Panama <laughs> at an at airport where they kept the crowd away from the racetrack with barbed wire. Oh my God! Yeah, Which means so, keeps yeah. you from them from yeah. bar with barbed wire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with barbed wire. Wow! And uh, that was one of those races where the car we actually broke in Panama. I was like, God, thank God that thing broke. And, and when it parked, <laughs> when it broke, normally you pull to the inside of the circuit because if you do that, the team can get to it. 
Okay, uh, I intentionally oh, right, right, parked right, yeah. on the outside of the circuit. Right, don't fix this thing. <laughs> Never want to see this again. Right by yeah. the, the Marlboro display where there were pretty girls and beer. So, <laughs> weird. Uh, weird. Uh, yeah, I know. That's Central America, baby. But anyway, so we, we, we go on and we win this race in Costa Rica, right? And it's a cool on lap, and I'm going through this one corner. It's one of the last corners on the racetrack, and it was all Toyota. There had to have been like, you know, two or 3,000 people, you know, uh, in this Toyota section. And they started throwing beer bottles at me. I was like, <laughs> yeah. This is so cool. This is so cool. I've made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've made it. So, but, uh, yeah, that was pretty. that was pretty crazy. Great memory. Great memory. That's cool. I, yeah, I didn't yeah. realize there was races down there back then yeah. outside of like a WC type of thing. Yeah. You did IndyCars for a brief period of time. Yeah. That would have been right around after that, right? Uh, like at the end of 95, 96 ish? At 96, yeah. when they started the IRL. Yeah. I'd always wanted to. In the late 80s, Ray Hall got me a test with Paul Stewart, Jackie Stewart, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Went over there, smoked their guys, couldn't get the money. <laughs> love it. And, I love uh, it. Just so humble about actually, it. That's what I love. <laughs> well, but. He's yeah, right. Good, he's right. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was actually, you know what? Tested against Coulthard, yeah. DeFerrin, and Mika Salo. Yeah. Wow. Had them all by a second. And with Bobby Ray Hall and Jackie Stewart trying to find money, we couldn't find the money. Yeah. It was a pretty, yeah. it was a pretty depressing deal. But, uh, but yeah, no, so, yeah, did the at the end of the Nissan deal, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And right. so the team scraped up money. I scraped up some money and uh, some sponsors. And, you know, we did the first three races of the IRL. And I'll tell you, this, this is – my first thoughts. Remember the first race was at Disney World? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was a Raynard, 95 Raynard. Yep. Mm -hmm. Cosworth engine. And I'm in. I'm like, ah, ah, pulling out of the pit lane. And all I could think was, I can't believe I don't get to road race this thing. Right. Right. Because the car's so cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would have been, been awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, ovals, ovals are great. And there are a lot of people that like ovals. If your car's right, it's easy. Yeah. It's yeah. easy. And, uh, you know, that year, so we, we, we actually went to the, if you remember, it was a three-race championship, yep. first one. Yep. There was uh, Disney, finished 10th, yep. Phoenix, Phoenix, I finished third, and went to Indy. And we didn't have the money to run Indy. So, you know, the you got to do your rookie orientation. That's the least amount of time you can do that in is 40 laps. We okay. did it in 40 laps. And, uh, and then we sat. We sat. Wow. Yeah, and uh, finally, you know, uh, you know, we had to do some running, and I went into qualifying for the Indy 500, having done 120 laps there. Yeah. And uh, now most guys before qualifying are over a thousand laps. Right, now. right. You right. know, they 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 tune Especially up. at that time when you had days yeah. and days and days of oh, practice. Yeah. yeah. And, and literally every day, and this is no lie, uh, you'd show up, and you're wondering, man, am I going to Methodist? Right. Right. And. Uh, on uh, the day that I qualified was the day Scotty Brayton got killed. Oh, wow. And uh, I was the last one. You know, I left at 5.59, gun went off at 6, and uh, but got in the show. And you'll remember that year was the year, you know, again, it was the IRL cart split. Right, yeah. And, and they, all, the, all the, you know, uh, the officials are like, just, you know, we need a clean start. We need a clean start. We need a clean start. And I'm starting 29th. And actually, you know, inside of me is for, uh, what was it? Velez. Fermin Velez. Fermin yeah. Velez. Velez. Yeah, yeah. But I woke up that morning, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, out of 33 guys here, there's probably about 25 that are going to take it easy. Yeah. And I wasn't going to be one of those guys. Because I knew, <laughs> uh, you know, because I'm like, I, I if, know, if, sure. if I go, I'm going to get a ton of positions. So even b before the first stop, okay, before our first stop, I'd moved up to eight. 
Nice. And was and was digging it. I'm like, yeah, 20, I'm in the 500. Spots. I'm in the 500. Right. I'm still running slower than the fast guys, which was Lion Dyke and Buddy Lazier, and yeah, there were right. some other guys that that were really hooked up. Again, on an oval, if your car's right, it's easy. Yeah. Easy. My car went right. But then at the first stop, we you know we lost a fuel pump and and it was game over. And then went back the next year, um, you know, trying to beg, borrow, you know, right. get into a car. And that was the year Scott Sharp driving for Foyt. Uh, was uh, he had two wrecks on his own? Yeah, and they they deemed him unfit, and so AJ was like, you know, John, I want to put you in the car. And all that. That, was, that was a pretty crappy Texas accent. Right let's there. let's hear another yeah, one. About yeah. That. yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, so well. there I was in Texas <laughs> with AJ Foyt. So, uh, but uh, so uh, you know, get in the car, and uh, in 32 laps, okay was third quickest on the day and literally the racetrack had gone from a place that was wicked scary to where like oh my god this is fun yeah and i and i'm like i got a car i can win the indy 500 with and came off turn four got on the radio and said guys we got a really great car went into turn one and oil fitting broke mm-hmm. i 360 on my car. oil yeah, right. and feet first Ugh. uh into the wall visor open shrapnel and fire you know, burns my face. And, and I remember I came to a stop, right? And the great thing about wrecking at Indy, man, they're there in like five seconds. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm like, blah, 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 you know, shaking <laughs> off the, the cobwebs. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened? And, and the guy goes, you wrecked. And I'm like, no, shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I wanted to know, was it a gust of wind? Right. Why right. right. did I wreck? Right. And, uh, and uh, so, yeah, so then, uh, you know, they take you to the infield hospital and, and uh, I actually got a, I got taken to the infield hospital a couple times on ovals. First thing they do is they cut off your clothes. You know, they cut your suit sure. off, and and, and, uh, and you're like, you know, you're dingy. And I remember hearing the nurse say, "Wow." So, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and uh, but, but fellas, <laughs> no, guys, dang, ladies, guys, you think <laughs> But uh, but so uh, so but I remember it, Andy, looking down uh, at my left foot. And, and, I mean, I'm in, like, agony, right. agony. And uh, and they won't give you drugs, huh. you know, until they until really they yeah, assess yeah, yeah. what is, you know, how damaged are you. Right. But looking, you know, when they cut my boots off and stuff and looking at my foot, and my ankle was right, but my toes were backwards. Oh. So I had spun my foot in like the shoe. up and around. Yeah, oh. so, like, where my oh. big toe is where my little toe it was. It's basically and upside yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, so I, you know, I took that upon myself as a good time to go to sleep, and uh, and I remember just, you know, what they rather than give me a helicopter ride, they put me in an ambulance because it's only like a 15, 20 minute ride to Methodist. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and uh, there's so many funny stories I can tell about this, but uh, but uh, that road stinks. I mean, every single bump, and they finally get me in, and I'm like, give me Demerol, give me Demerol, and. Uh, and finally, I remember them giving me Demerol. Then I wake up and uh, I'm in my room. And uh, again, if there's a place to wreck, it's Indy. Because if you're a driver, they put you in a suite with a with a waiting room and all that kind of stuff. Right. And the nurses, they nurses take care of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we're always disappointed. Foyt never stopped by. Huh? Never, really? Nah, yeah. Never. You would have thought he'd been like, hey, you know, John, I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. You know. And then they, then you know, uh, after you know, after you know, I start to hear, he's like, listen. You know, that wasn't your fault. You know, you show up next year, we're going to get you in the 500. And uh, so uh, go there in, uh, in 98, and uh, I'm like, AJ, you told me, you know, 
you know, you're a handshake man. Yeah. You know, that you'd put me in a car. Well, you know, I got Billy running good and Kenny's running good. I just don't think we can uh, do it. So, uh, yeah. so kind of, you know, and then AJ up to that point had been one of my childhood heroes. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, it wasn't so much after that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it, it happens. So, 98, that's when uh, you kind of came into my world because my dad helped Don Panos launch the Panos U.S. program. Yeah. And in 96 <coughs> or maybe 97. Might have been 97. 97, yeah. 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 So, 96, they ran the first car in U.S. RRC or whatever it was, mm -hmm. and it was Doc Bundy and Andy Wallace. And then 97, we switched to the two-car team with the Visteon colors, and you were in one of them. And uh, Eric Bernard was there, yeah. Andy Wallace, David Bradham, all sorts of really yeah. great guys. Eric Bernard was awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because he could speak perfect English. He's French, but for he's, those that he's know French. Yeah. But whenever there was a pretty girl around, <laughs> dude, the accent. <laughs> Turned it on. I am sorry, my English is she's not so good. But you are so pretty. <laughs> yeah, he was, that, that cat was the smoothest Frenchman I ever knew. <laughs> And he could drive, and yeah. you know what? It was a, it was a, it was an awesome time because uh, I know there are a lot of you know mostly it's British guys that don't like him, but uh, Tony Dow, yeah, was running the team. Yep, that is one of the most committed guys to winning oh, ever. Yeah. Were, Very much know? so. And you know you'd wa walk into the shop on like a Tuesday, and he'd look at you and he'd rub his hands together, you know, with this like you know ten year old boy look. And you knew that he was up to something yep. to, to get you something. And Tony didn't like me at first. Okay. You know, it was actually Don. It was actually in uh, in 98, mm -hmm. okay, I, I, when I'm trying to get the, you know, deal with Foyt. And, uh, and Don wants me in one of his cars for Le Mans. Yeah. So they had to kick one of their guys out. And uh, so uh, and my t teammates, and they put me on the French team. Okay, with uh, Eric and uh, a guy named Chris Christophe Tinsu. Tinsu, yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's a French team. Which Run is hilarious yeah. to think of Eric Bernard, Christophe Tinsu, yeah. Johnny O'Connor. Johnny O'Connor. Yeah. 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 And then all French mechanics. Oh, yeah. French everything. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. Yeah. this is one of those moments. I studied French okay. when I was younger, there so you I could speak French. Which is a big I didn't, I didn't. I didn't let them know that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, – so, uh, so Tony doesn't want me in his car. You know, he he wanted British guys, and uh, I think maybe Raul Boisel was one, Brabham and Wallace. I can't remember that. Yeah, the other that side completely. Right. But uh, they don't put me in the car until 11 o'clock. There's an hour left to go. They put me out at dark, and I wind up going faster than Eric and Christoph. And uh, by by, I, I want to say it was like a second, second and a half. And I get out of the car, and and uh, and. Uh, Jean-Paul Drio, he was yep. the, uh, the, the, Dams, the program basically. manager. Yeah. Uh, I think he still runs Dams. Yeah, he does. And he comes up, Johnny, you are so good. We are so proud you are part of this team. He hadn't said two words for Before me. Before that, than, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Other than, and then, then, then the best thing was Tony Dow coming up and saying, I don't know what they're so excited about. I know you'd do it. And <laughs> now he's your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> the great thing about Tony Dow, once you showed to him you could do the job, yeah. you are his boy. That's right. And uh, so, uh, so yeah, we had, we, we had, a, had a good run. You know, there, there were years there where uh, we could have won. Yeah. We could have won, when, uh, especially when Robert Yates was Bill of the yeah, Engines. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, that, was a, that was a killer year, but uh, some great stories. You know, it also huge opportunity, you know, uh, if you, you know, fans remember in 2000, Mario Andretti was part of the team. That's right. And uh, he was teamed with Brabham. And, and that's uh, when they had gone into an LMP1 car. Or correct. P P900 yeah, correct. Or P900 car at that correct. point. That yeah, is yeah. correct. It was an LMP1 yeah. car. And... Uh, 
And so to get to be teamed with Mario Andretti is pretty darn yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, we the first time he gets in the car, <clears throat> it's a road Atlanta. It's like a, it's December or something like that. And I go and, and I'm running and I'm doing 11s. Like 11, 2, 11, 3. Which know. is currently faster than like everything that ran at Petit Le Mans this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot. This yeah. was a fast car. Yeah. So Mario gets in the car. <clears throat> and the first day of running, he's like in the 16s. And, uh, and I'm like, it's Mario Andretti. He'll, yeah, know, he give, has him, a, give him a minute. Yeah, he hadn't yeah. been in the car for a while. Well, the next morning, okay, our, uh, the, uh, the manager for the team, the chief engineer, a guy named Chris Gordon, great guy, yeah. brilliant guy. Yeah. And uh, he's like, Johnny, do me a favor. Take Mario around the racetrack and show him what you're doing. And I'm like, I'm not taking Mario Andretti around the racetrack. And telling him what I'm doing is Mario Andretti. Yeah. And he's like, come on, do it. And so I'm like, all right, all right. So I get Mario in, in, in my – I had a crappy little pickup truck at the time. Cause I, uh, and uh, we're going around. And I just remember leaving pit lane. And I'm like – well, I got Mario Andretti, you know. <laughs> you want to ask him for an autograph, right. but you're supposed to tell him what yeah, the heck right, you're doing. Right, right, right. And, uh, and so I'm like, you know, Mario, I got, I got to tell you, this is truly embarrassing and humbling for me, and, uh, but this is what I'm doing. And he was very cool about it. Yeah. And, uh, and he, you know, at, by the end of the day, he'd worked out, you know, to, to like the four teams and stuff. Sure. A hard car to drive. Um, hard car, you know what I mean? And big commitment, I'm sure. Big commitment. Yeah. And Rhode Island is not an easy <laughs> place. But uh, that did not turn out. To be uh, I, that that year at Le Mans, I was having a riot. Yes, yeah. you know, uh, the my teammate at the time, Hiroki Kato, he's about 115 pounds. Japanese, soaking, yeah, Japanese yeah, yeah, yeah. guy, soaking wet. And he and I are sharing like a little cubicle to sleep in. And and uh, at the start of the race, now you got have you ever seen a really skinny guy in his underwear? It's funny looking, <laughs> right? <laughs> so so uh, so Hiroki Hiroki's got his own. Can I just commend you on every way you start a story is yeah. unbelievable. Oh, thank you. It's, it's That's going to yeah. be the, the title for this one. Is, yeah. Have you ever seen a skinny guy in his yeah. underwear? It's yeah. hilarious. It's funny looking. Big <laughs> and a skinny Asian guy, it's even funny. And so he's he's got his own therapist from Japan. Right. right? And so I go in like after like my you know first stint or I'm about to start my second and you know Hiroki's you know getting massaged and uh, and the guy's putting medicated tape on his neck and shoulders, right? I'm like, what is that? And he's like, ah, oh, special Japanese magic tape. Make you feel better. I'm like, well, give me some of that crap. So, you know, I put it on my shoulders. And it, and it helped keep you loose and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, I'm, I'm having a great Le Mans. I mean, that, if you had, for drivers that haven't been there, drivers that have been there, man, it's like, it's magical. I yeah. mean, it is, the, it is so cool. And uh, so uh, I, I do, the, the stint you want there is that morning stint, right, Happy as hour. the sun's yeah. coming yeah, up, yeah, man, because yeah. it's super quick. And so I, do, I did, was doing like a double or trip or triple killer lap times where we're smoking Brava Magnuson and Andretti, you know, and uh, well, we were running fifth, uh, which is where we wound up finishing. But I remember getting out of my car. And I'm going back, and I'm just—I mean, it's like 8:30 in the morning, and I'm—I'm I'm so stoked and and loving life, and I'm walking back uh, to uh, you know our little area where where we're sleeping and all that kind of stuff, and I walk by Mario, I'm like, hey Mario, having fun, and he's like, he said, effing wonderful, 
<laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you you didn't you censored that? Well, yeah, it was Mario Andretti. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I that's mean, the that's what he gets. He gets yeah. censorship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, huh, what's going on there? Well, he'd had a big off in Indy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and brought it in, but you know that was uh, I mean he was just having a hard time finding the pace. Anyway, so I go into our little trailer thing, and Hiroki's there. And he's like a mummy. He's got ma- Japanese <laughs> magic tape all over his body. Right. And I'm like, yo, Hiroki, man, how you doing? And he's like, oh, Johnny-san, I don't think I can get in anymore. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right, I'll, I'll go the rest of the way. But, uh, but you have these, these funny visuals of, uh, you know, skinny, Hiroki mummified. Skinny Japanese, Japanese guys in yeah, their underwear, yeah. Tape. But, uh, <laughs> I have those too. Yeah, usually. Uh, but that was, that was a fun Lamar. That was a fun Lamar. Is that what sets you up for the Corvette program? Does that get you in well, the door Well, you know there? what? It, 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 I could see what was going on at Panos, and that Don was pulling away from the racing and putting more and investing more yeah. uh, in the race series. But uh, I could see what was going on, and every year, you know, uh, Don would bring in a different team manager. He let go of Tony Dow. He let he brought in another British guy. So I was not happy, and uh, I called up Doug Fian. Corvette was just starting to to appear on the scene, and I could see some things going on. And uh, in my kind of jerky way, uh, <laughs> I, I got his phone number uh, from Marnie Lincoln, uh, and uh, she worked at Road Atlanta at the time. <coughs> and I was like, and literally, I got his voicemail. And I'm like, Doug, you know, this is Johnny O'Connell calling. You might remember me from those days when I used to beat up on you in the Nissan. <laughs> and uh, yes, and this, is, this is good almost, to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is almost verbatim. Yeah, how to get a job. And, uh, For hey, you kids out there. I, yeah, yeah. And literally, and I was like, hey, listen, if your dance card isn't filled for next year, I'd love to talk to you. Okay. Literally got a call back from him eight hours later saying let's do something and they nice. were i was just hired to do the long races yeah uh we did for our very first race daytona uh the earnharts literally that's my first race yeah. as a mechanic oh no way yeah it's my first race into the in my my career started there that, that was weekend. pretty cool yeah that was, pretty, that was really so like i've been racing 17 18 years and you're just starting wonderful yeah as a, mecha- uh, as a mechanic as a mechanic i know i know yeah, give me a couple years to start driving uh, there you go well it's playing off for you <laughs> And uh, so I, uh, very first race with them, we win Daytona overall. Overall. Yeah. Huge and deal. It was a Huge big deal. deal. It was a big deal. And, and you know what I mean? One of the, you know, rocking chair equity is a, is a great way to, to refer to it. Not many guys can say that they have drafted with Big E at Daytona. Right. And I remember, you know, we were running faster. He was still, you know, and he was a great guy. He was like, Johnny, anything you can tell me about my technique, help me get better, help yeah. me get better. And you love that. You right. love that. And uh, but I remember like in my first stint coming around and then to lap him, we, you know, you look, you, you even had data back then. And uh, for some reason or another, he and Little E would come through, okay, onto the banking in a turn one. And by the time they got to the breaking zone for the first chicane, and the chicane wasn't the stupid chicane they have now, it was yeah. the old bus stop Pretty that fast. really had a good rhythm to it. Yeah. That they should change it back to. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but they would be faster. And you're like, what are they doing? Because you know what? Math tells me if I exit this corner faster, by yeah. the end of the straightaway, yeah. I'm going to be faster. And yeah. It wasn't working in that case. And none of us could figure it out, but it was both Big E and Little E. And it was the same thing coming out of the bus stop. They'd, have, they'd be faster to start finish. And so rather than go by him, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to follow you for, for two laps so you can show me. So I learned yeah. what he was doing. But I remember, dude, 
clear as a bell, like coming out of the uh, the old bus stop, and I'm like tucked up underneath them. I'd never seen a shift light come on, okay. you know, until that time. Before start finish, you know, the, my my lights on. I'm getting right on the tickling the rev limiter, and and I was like, man, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. I'm <laughs> right behind Biggie, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, uh, and then you know, I I remember you know uh, I passed him on the the exit going uh, into Oval Turn One. I can't remember what number corner that is, six maybe. And uh, and gave him a wave uh, as I went by. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was that was man. And then we went on to win that. And then, uh, if you remember, Chris Neifel was going to be Fellow's teammate yeah. that year. And Chris, yeah. he uh, was offered the job as chief steward for cart. Yeah. And he took that. And Vian was like, "You're our boy." Yeah. So and then the the rest is history. Just went on and uh, teamed with Ron and had great success with him. Yeah. And you guys obviously probably formed a friendship because you were teamed up for so long together. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, <coughs> it was it was fellows, and then obviously you were teamed up with Andy yeah. Pilgrim for a long time yeah. in different forms of racing. Those are the guys that probably you probably you still keep up with those guys. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. All the all you I know, mean, Ron actually you know was was staying at the house. Yeah, over for Petit Le because you so. guys spent so much time yeah. together. Because yeah. not only you have a really busy testing yeah. and racing schedule, but Corvette does a ton of PR and they really utilize yeah. their drivers as like, hey, we're selling cars, and you and and. Yeah. Ron are probably, at the time, their target demographic for who they're selling it to. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. North American guys that are in their 30s to 40s yeah. that race cars and can yeah. have a beer with you afterwards. Oh, yeah. Well, then now, it's, you know, and again, back then you could be really uh, close to uh, to the fans. They weren't intrusive and and all that kind of stuff. And I've always felt that, you know, it is very important for us as, as ambassadors to the sport, to grow the sport. Do all you can for the fans. You yeah. know, make it make it approachable. Sure. You don't need to be arrogant, and there's a lot of guys out there that are that That's are arrogant. Why we created this? Yeah, well, this I mean, is for that. One of the yeah. greatest things, you know, again, Don Panos, is, for a guy that wasn't a racing guy. Remember what ALMS was? ALMS for the, for fans. the fans. For the fans. Yeah. yeah for the fans and that's that I think has so much to do you know when you go to an IMSA race now and you see all those fans on the grid walking yeah that that started with yeah. the American Le Mans never sure. had been done before that but right. uh, but yeah so Adele had a great first year at uh, at Corvette and uh, again you know you as a factory driver you'll you'll appreciate this in the off season the way the rules wore in 2001 that guy that qualified was a, w would get a point Okay. get a point oh, yeah. so okay. i was i went into 2000 i'm a driver i want to win a championship oh, yeah. and so in the off season i negotiated with the team hey listen you know what i i want to run for this championship i know ron's my teammate and he wants to run for the championship and uh, and i'm like but you know what I, I need to have that same fair share shot <clears throat> and uh we uh and they're like okay no that's that's fair deal you right. guys you know whoever gets the most polls and all that kind of stuff can get it we get to sebring and that week imsa changes the rules okay so that there's an extra point you know they they stopped the point for qualifying yeah. but an extra point to whichever driver was in the car the longest <laughs> oh and interesting like, and now okay. in hindsight i should have addressed it before the race yeah so uh so we go out and uh and we're gonna win this thing Okay, they pull Ron out at like 7.30. I'm supposed to be in to the end, okay? I'm the only guy that's won there. I'd won three times there already. 
Yeah, yeah you've won uh, Sebring like seven with, times with or Mason. something, right? Eight, I think. Oh, sorry, right. sorry, sorry, eight. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, but that's that's not part of the story. So I'm in the car and I'm like, yeah, and I'm hitting my marks, you know, and my eyes are adjusted and everything is right. I got the rhythm. I know what I need to do. I'm hitting my lap time. Yes. And with about, you know, I do my last stop. I know it's my last stop. And uh, and then after about like 10, 15 minutes later, they say pit this lap. What are you talking about? Pit yeah, this lap. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I take this thing home, and uh, they're like, no, pit this lap, and and I realized they're yanking me so Ron can get yeah, yeah. get the point because they've made the decision. He's going to be the champion. He's the guy. He's going to be the champion. And I, you know what? I don't fault them for that. What I fault them for is not taking me aside before saying, listen, I know this was your deal. Here's the deal. And yeah, all that yeah, kind yeah. of crap. <clears throat> I get out of the car, dude. I'm on fire. Yeah. I am so – this is this is actually turns into a really cool story, even better story. <laughs> so so, uh, so I get out of the car, right, and, uh, I'm, uh, dude, I'm like crazy Irish redhead on fire. Yeah. And Doug Feehan and Herb Fischel. Two top guys. Herb Fisher was the big dog yeah. at GM at the time. They're sitting in, the, in, the, in chairs, you know, at the back of the, the Sebring garage. And I get out, man. And I'm like, just want you both to know that the car is effing good, you know. <laughs> and, and but I mean, they could tell I'm like crazy wacko. Yeah. And then I and and I and the same there was a guy named Gary Claudio, and they all see me get out. Now we're gonna win the race, but I'm something's wrong, dude. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And I go back to the transporter and I. I think I broke a locker or two by punching it. I mean, I was so angry. And, and the reason being is you put so much into the offseason yeah, yeah. with your training and your visualization and all that kind of stuff. We go, we get up on the podium and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and, and Robin Pratt, God love her. She's like, hey, you won. Settle down. You're pissed, <laughs> but you won. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So the next day, driving back to uh, Flowery Branch from Seabring, I realized, well, that was probably pretty stupid, <laughs> you know, <laughs> letting all these top execs see you right, completely right. psycho and mental. And so I call a fan, listen, I'm sorry, you know what, but you know what, it was wrong to pull me out of the car and, you know, and all this kind of stuff, all the things you told me. And he's like, listen, don't worry about it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and do the same with Claudio and Gary Pratt. Yeah. I go through the line and Herb Fischel, I leave a, a – now, Herb is the guy. He's right. big time. He's, yeah, he's, he's big time. He, he is the guy that can – you know, they can all fire me, but right. he's really the guy. Right. He, can, he can fire everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, so I call him. I don't get a call back. I, you know, Monday goes by. Start shaking Tuesday a little bit. Tuesday goes by. Wednesday yeah. goes yeah. by. By Wednesday, you know, I'm writing a list of teams that I'm going to have to call. <laughs> Friday shows up. And uh, he's like, Johnny, how are you doing? I'm like, good, Herb. He's, he was from, like, South Carolina or North Carolina. He's like, how's Flowery Branch? I love Flowery Branch. He starts going into, like, a five-minute talk about Flowery Branch, how much he loves it, how he had one of the best meals of his life at a restaurant here. Which and is where we are now. Yeah, Mooney's oh, Barbecue, yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah, which is clearly. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't see the wine list, though. But... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, it's a fine Boone's Farm it, it for is, you, sir. Is, uh, everybody loved Boone Farm at one point in their life. <laughs> and so finally, you know what? And this, this is this is a guy that gets it. Yeah. This is when I was like, man, I dig this team. I dig GM. Yeah, the and, guy called you back. Oh, well, he called me back. He doesn't back. have to. He didn't have to call you at all. Uh, yeah. And we're talking. He's like, well, Herb, listen, I just wanted to apologize. I know I was really intense and angry and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, when I got out of the car. and I was just pissed off. 
you guys shouldn't have pulled me out of the car. I had the rhythm. I won that race before. It was John Rice's, our engine builder's last race. I wanted to send him out with a win. It yeah. was a mistake. And he's like, I'll tell you what, Johnny, it's when you don't get pissed off that when we pull you out of a car that we're not interested in you. You're doing a great job. So right yeah. 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 So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I think Ron, you know, uh, got wind. Actually, I know he got wind that I was unhappy because I remember us, uh, we were racing at Sonoma. And uh, and it was just a stupid rule. Yeah, you know, if you're sharing with a guy yeah. all year long, 50-50, right. you yeah. both get, you should be the champion. Right. And, uh, but Ron, you know, Ron has got is a crazy amount of integrity, really great guy. And, uh, but he pulled me aside, uh, in our, we had a bus back then, and uh, at Sonoma, he's like, listen, I know you've got my back this year, next year, okay? we'll switch the tables so you can be the champion. And I was like, all right. And that was cool because that, yes. you know, right. it again, it, uh, he it recognized like, your effort oh, yeah. and made oh, it. Settled he you didn't down. want to just be like, Hey, he didn't want to be milling. He to didn't you. Exactly. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't milling. He yeah. did the right thing. So yeah. we go on and, and Ron, you know, wins the championship that year. And, uh, very, very cool. Uh, we, uh, so we win the championship the next year. Uh, he and I are winning the championship again. And we go to race at, uh, at Laguna and, uh, he and his wife, Linda, had gone out and bought me the same, uh, a replica of the championship oh, ring that's awesome. that yeah. he received yeah, in yeah, 2002. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, uh, so even though I can't legit, I mean, uh, in my mind, I was co-champion yeah. yeah, in 2002. Yeah. Absolutely. Didn't, they didn't, it's not in the record books yeah, or whatever. But we know. But, uh, but that was, to me, that was one of the coolest things any teammate uh, could ever do. And yeah. since that point, you know, you know we, we had a great, you know, Great run, five six years together. Yeah, you've ran. Yeah, like half a dozen times already. You've you've referenced how the cars today with driver aids yeah. and, and all the stuff that don't match what you drove yeah. in the eighties and nineties. I mean, to exactly that point. Stupid rules that we rules just talked about. And all yeah. the driver aids. Yeah. Where, you know, we've I, I've read a few of your blogs where you've been critical of of some of the younger guys driving a World Challenge, and whatnot. I mean, where do you see the sport going right now? Where are things going? I don't know. It seems like everybody wants a trophy every single time. Right. I think that's wrong. Yep. You know, uh, you know, back when I drove for Nissan, if we built a better car, we'd win eight out of ten races, and we deserved to win it right. because we had done our homework. People, you know, people keep watching F1. Yeah, same two cars are winning same every weekend. Exactly. People keep watching. Cars keep showing up. It. One of the one of the best things, and this man, I wish this is how it was. You know, Corvette first competed at Le Mans in 2000. Yeah. Okay. They got their, they got it handed to them. Yeah. By uh, by Viper. Okay month or so goes by they fly over to have a meeting with the aco and they're like listen you know this is the data shows that we're three mile an hour down on the straightaway we're breaking and they're showing all the data and and they're like okay we need we want a you know, different profile wing we want louvers ask all the stuff and and to their credit the aco was like no 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 you must build a better car wow yeah. What a novel idea. So right. what did Corvette do? They went back. They fixed their stuff. They yeah. got everything better. We went back in 2001 and won it. And so I wish it was more like that. I mean, there, it, it, it's funny, and it, it's just relevant because, uh, you know, uh, particularly with Ryan being the factory actor, Acura guy. Acura displays your new car. Mm -hmm. Mid-Ohio. Stunning. Yeah. Beautiful. Sexy car. And everybody like, ooh. And, oh, they're going to kill everybody. No, they're not. They're not because yeah. you know what they're gonna if they go out and they go fast. What are they gonna do? Well, they're not gonna make the rest of us up our game. They're just gonna dumb them down. Yeah. So it is. It is. That's what I hate. That's what I hate. So uh, 
it uh, you know I mean that part of the sport is very frustrating you really and the reason being I think fans get ripped off oh yeah because it very much has the appearance that victories and championships aren't won on the racetrack they're won in the boardroom yeah or in so, a rule book yeah or yeah. But, uh, the thing that's frustrating well, it's not for even me the rule book like it's like dude whether it's ALMS or World Challenge before the last race of the season they're still tweaking cars. Yeah. yeah. What's up with that? Dude, yeah. I'm not like a rocket scientist, but you know, you go to 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 uh, to Barber. You had a McLaren factory with Perret, yeah. Cooper, me in Cadillacs, and Patrick Long in a Porsche. Finished the race within two seconds. Completely green race. Yeah. Okay. Patrick was the fastest. He actually got held up behind his 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 teammate. So had that race gone on, they Porsche would have been Porsche would have won. You didn't need to tweak with things. At that point right there, you're three, four races into the season. What did you need to do? Well, you needed to look at the Acura, give them a little bit. Get Look at the Bentley, give them a little bit. Look at the Nissan, give them a little bit. All right, now we're closer. I mean, the, the, the concept of BOP works to a degree if you're not tweaking it because there's going to be a track that's going to suit the Acura, yeah. Road America, yeah. okay, yeah. you know, places like that. There's going to be a track that no, 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 suits no, no. our race. The, the series gave us help that we could because it's a home race. You didn't read that on the Internet? Oh, no, oh no. yeah, no, no. The, seri the series let us win that one. Dude, you're it's our buying lunch. Yeah. i got to say something nice. No. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? See, that's yeah, just, yeah. That's just yeah. it. That uh, Again, that's the perception that fans have yeah. at the way things are being played. Right, right. What fans don't know, and I know it because I pay attention, is that you guys have been testing, oh, testing, yeah. testing, yeah. testing, and Acura became more involved in your program as the season mm -hmm. went along. So, mm -hmm. of course, you're going to get stronger. Yes. Um, so that was not a gift. That was that was well-earned. Uh, that that actually is my was my worst weekend because that, that was that yeah, was yeah, a race where I – Oh, yeah, man, yeah. that killed me. But for that, I, I think I'd be leading points. But anyway, we, we digress. Um, it's a very, you know, frustrating deal because I'm not a rocket scientist, but I guarantee I can get these cars, you know, close – and then what happens is we go to a racetrack that's going to suit his car and he's going to win. And then we're going to go to, to, to a track with tight corners and the McLaren or the Porsche or the engine in the back is going to win. Yeah. And the fans <laughs> get rewarded that way. So, it, uh, yeah, again, that's just my, my two cents and philosophy. But I've, you know, been doing this game longer than anybody that is making the decisions up high. You know, uh, you know there's not a person at Pirelli World Challenge at any level that has, you know, I, I've been doing this 30 years professionally now. Right. So, you know, I wish I wish they, you know, would now and then call me just to run something by me, but my phone never rings. All right, kind of switching gears a little yeah. bit. Uh, you have any missed opportunities, like, in your career? Like, did you ever get, like, a big test for somebody that we would never have known because this is pre-social media or, you know, you weren't allowed to say anything at the time five years ago or whatever. But, like, did you ever test for, like, a, a Bill Riley or somebody or a GTP team? And it just like, now we went a different direction. and it, uh, Twice. Okay. Okay. Uh, most people don't know that I tested for Jackie Stewart, Paul right. Stewart yeah, at, yeah. At, at Thruxton. And, uh, what kind of car was that? That was a Formula 3 car. Okay. Formula 3 car right. at Thruxton. And, uh, and, and I remember it was so cool because I got back to the States. I went to Laguna. Bobby was there. Uh, and going up to him, he was like, dude, way to go. 
way to go. He was really, really stoked. Because he put his reputation on the line with Jackie Stewart, yeah. and uh, and so we made that happen. Unfortunately, we didn't get the money. Right. But but I had, at that stage, I was all, I want to be an F1. I want to be an F1. And had we been, maybe it would have happened. Who knows? But, uh, but the other is, and this is kind of cool. This is almost like, I don't know whether you, you or viewers believe in destiny or that God's got a path for us or whatever. But at that time, I'd been living in Northern California. It's 1991. And, uh, and I'd been, you know, keeping myself fresh driving by working at the Bondurant School. They had the five-liter Mustangs. You get to drive Sears Point four days a week. And, and, uh, and man, me and Chris Cook, We'd go out every day and burn fuel yeah. and just work on technique, work yeah. on technique. And, and uh, I mean, it was like Top Gun uh, every single day. Well, the school moves down to Arizona, and my being a redhead, I'm like, I don't want to move to Arizona. <laughs> and it's a desert. That place would suck. It's like putting and a fork in the microwave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I'm, I'm living with my girlfriend, who would then become my wife. And I did a ride and drive program. Now I'm living in like in Sonoma, and for me to spend $150,000, I could get a one-bedroom condo in that area at that time. So I do a ride and drive program for Nissan, and uh, you know, just and this was like in '90, and I pick up a real estate guy, and for $150,000, you could get a four-bedroom home, brand new, on a golf course, right? And so I'm like. Oh, that's pretty good. And then, uh, and I've gone a couple months without being in a car, and finally I'm like, let's move to Phoenix. And so, uh, so we moved to Phoenix, and I go back to work for Bob. No lie, I'm there two weeks, and on the east track, uh, uh, no, excuse me, the west track, I pull in one morning, and NPTI is there with two transporters, okay? And Brabham's running, and Bob Earl's running, and uh, and who else? I think Lion Dyke was there as well. And so I go over at lunchtime yeah. just to kiss ass. You know, it's what you're a young guy you got to do. <laughs> and um, you don't do that anymore, right? I still do. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you always, you know what? Make people love you. And so I go over there and I'm talking to one of the one of the mechanics, and uh, he's like, "Hey, dude, Brabham's got to leave early tomorrow. Do you want to finish his work?" And I'm like, "You're kidding me." <laughs> And now this is like, remember the NPTI yeah. GTP car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you want to test yeah, the yeah, new yeah. Corvette? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, heck yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah. well, Kaz, Kaz Kasner, who is the yeah. head of NPTI, had been wanting to put me in the car. So, uh, so I, you know, I watch, you know, what Jeff is doing, where he's braking. I know how to hit an apex. Right. But it's knowing, okay, where to brake, listen to what gear. And, uh, Next, you know, next day, go out and in 15, 20 laps, I'm like half a second off of where Brabham is, which is faster than Bob Earl Lightdike had gone. Yeah. And uh, and that was when I became full-time Nissan. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So so that was, most people don't know so about that. So if you didn't get hooked up with that real estate guy to convince you, hey, it's not so bad living down there. Oh, yeah. You probably don't go to Phoenix. You probably don't oh. end up getting that opportunity. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. crazy how that stuff works, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 At yeah. the time, I'd been living, no lie, in uh, a converted one-car garage. I had uh, <laughs> uh, the garage, you know, this lady had put up some drywall and, right. and put in a bathroom and a microwave out in the garage, and that's how I was living. Nice. I was, was 27, 28 years old. So especially at that age when yeah. you're really kind of thinking about where am I going with things, what was the moment where you went, oh, you know what, I'm going to make it in terms of this is going to be a profession for you? Well, no, I had, you know, it, it's funny because you got to go back further. You know, I graduated college in 84, but, you know, got right out of college, I got hired by the Gallo Wine Company 
that got me out to L.A. where I'd won a scholarship for the Jim Russell School. Okay. Won my first championship in 84, uh, the Jim Russell School Championship. Put away $3,000, okay, while I was working at Gallo. Uh, living really not far out from the slums of Riverside, yeah. California, yep. but had to make a decision. You know, do I want to be a coat and tie guy and be a businessman or do I want to be a race car driver? And I decided, you know what, I don't want to be 30 and look back and say, if only you had tried. Right. Sure. And so, uh, so yeah, literally lived like in the ghettos of Riverside for another year because at that time for Jim Russell, if you worked for free, they'd let you race. Yeah, yep. mechanics training program. Mechanics yep. training yeah. program. Yep. And I lasted about two two months as a mechanic before they realized he's a really crappy mechanic. He's going to hurt somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and they moved me to the front office because I was good at talking to people. Right. And, uh, and so I'd answer phones and talk to, you know, work in sales. And uh, so that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a, pretty amazing time you know you spent a lot of years being poor but they you know what they were also some of my most fun, right. fun years right. ever yeah. because you learn where all that happy hours are you know <laughs> uh, we you learn how to make a dollar yeah. last and, and you know what the funny thing because you eat for free at happy hour people don't know that there's a place <laughs> called the bull and mouth uh, and, the bull and uh, mouth. The bull and mouth. Seventy-five cent beer. Nice. And, like, they had Probably little, not seventy-five cents anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, and actually, very cool. My my roommate at the time was a guy named Andy Slanker. He was an engineering student. Okay. He went on to work for Ford, which for whom he still works. He has run their NASCAR racing division. Huh. But he's the guy that inv uh, invented or or penned up and engineered the the lightning truck okay yeah and all anything really high-end sports car type stuff right. that was andy slanker that's so, pretty cool so it's nice that he's, he's he went his he, direction he, he you went, guys yeah, yeah, yeah both successful yeah um so you and i have a funny at least it's funny to me like get to know each other story over the last two years since i moved to world challenge and there was a situation with a person that worked for the series that was accusing you of causing a pretty big incident at long beach and i was oh beauvais <laughs> <laughs> that was the biggest bullshit in call in history. That was the biggest bullshit <laughs> call in history. How do you? Uh, yeah. Anyway. Right. No, keep going. Keep going. Right. So anyway, so yeah. we'll just we'll just the overview in yeah. case anybody didn't watch World Challenge last year at Long Beach. I'm running like fifth or sixth, and you guys are I think first, second, third. It's it's Beretta, me, then Estra. Yeah. And uh, there had been a wreck at the start on the restart. You know, first lap. You know, uh, you know, I make a. And amazingly, no, it was a great move on Brad. That was actually a really it was a great sweet move. move. Yeah, yeah. He lost uh, two spots in yeah. one corner. It was Estra like, follows me through the corner. In the I go into turn eight. Okay, now I know these cats are, you know, behind me and they're, they're fighting. I'm leading. I can turn into that corner whenever I want. Yeah, yeah. I turn in maybe two or three feet early. Okay. Estra, being a professional, is like, I see what he's doing and I'm going to follow him through the line. Beretta, because he's a psychopath, okay, goes barreling into Estra, who then goes barreling into me. Both our, our he, Estra and I, yeah. races are over. Beretta, who caused the entire thing, goes on and wins the race. Yeah. I get no points, okay? But worst of all, I get the highest fine of every, all three of us. Yeah. All Oof. three of us. Right. And that was totally Scott Bovey. Not wanting Johnny O'Connor to win another championship, or right. not liking Ca Cadillac, or whatever, dude. I, 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 that was that was bad. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I'm like fifth or something. Yeah. I don't even know how that's possible now. I think yeah. about it because we weren't very strong there last year. But anyways, so we're like P5 ish when that incident goes on. So all I really see is like 
the three of you coming together yeah. and clouds of carbon going up and I'm just like checking up and, and I get through it and that's it. That's my whole thing of it. And so uh, I'm one of like three cars that didn't get a fine for that race, which is like, <laughs> well done. like PD got one, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> like and he, he, he got rear ended yeah. and got a fine. I was yeah. like, what is going on? So, um, the next race is the following week at yeah. Barber. I get a message from the aforementioned Scapo Bay yeah. and he's like, Hey, what was your take on the uh, situation with, with these guys? And I'm like, Oh, I can't, I can't comment on that because I'm directly going to gain from their penalties. Yeah. yeah. So it's in my best interest to say nothing. Get rid of yeah. all of them. Yeah. Get rid of all yeah. of them. Yeah. Give me all the points, you know? So I said, Hey, look, that's a direct, you know, problem for me to answer that because it would then influence your decision and that helps me so i can't yeah. i can't say it's like well i really need you to i need you to say what happened and i was like oh the way i looked at it, it was 90 percent beretta 10 percent extra for being there but you know yeah it's because of beretta and uh, and johnny got taken out and the response was like absolutely not that's not what happened i'm like then don't ask yeah the next day i get uh one of the series reps comes and finds me he's like hey you got a minute yeah no, no problem what's up uh what was your take on the whole incident at long beach and i'm like well yeah. Just us talking, it was exactly what I said to, to Beauvais. And uh, he's like, yeah, that's what I thought. Because when I heard what you told Beauvais, it didn't make sense. And I'm like, what did you hear? And he's like, oh, that you said it was 100% Johnny O'Connell's fault. And I'm like, uh, no. And he's like, yeah, you might want to go talk to Cadillac because that's what he told them. Yeah. And now I'm like seeing any future chance at an opportunity, if Acura runs its yeah. course, completely not going to happen from anywhere somebody at Cadillac or GM could end up. You want to hear how – you know what, again, uh, some of the stuff that we had to deal with at that time, you know, again, uh, talk about a pathological liar. He, you know, he had, you know, pulls us aside and is like, listen, I spoke to Paul Tracy <laughs> and Dario Franchitti. <laughs> All right. It was, and it was Dario Franchitti, Paul Tracy, Bill yeah. Oberlin, and Ryan Eversley, yeah, which I yeah. was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the fourth one. So, the fourth one doesn't belong. So, uh, man, this is this. That was ugly. And uh, and they all agree that you were the most to blame. Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and, you know, and so, you know, Darren Law is good friends with Paul Tracy. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, I'm like, hey, Darren, call Paul. You know, talk to him. And Paul's response, okay, when asked, hey, did you see that Long Beach thing? Did you really blame John? And he's like, you know, Scott Beauvais said this, and his response was, who the f*** is Scott Beauvais? <laughs> <laughs> right? Now, you know he didn't talk to Scott. Right. right. I mean, to, to Paul. Yeah, he didn't yeah, talk. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so that was just, you know, and then, and I, I don't remember it was, yes, it was. I'm sitting on a plane after that. I forget where I was, maybe I was flying back or whatever, and uh, and he calls me up, and he's acting like we're best buds, and and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, th this was before I announced points and fine. And he's like, well, listen, here's the deal. You're getting a $3,000 fine. And I, and I went ballistic. And I mean, I, I went psycho. I went psycho because I, I couldn't believe, you know. And then he starts pulling the Dario Franchitti stuff and all yeah. that. I'm like, you know, and there's no, what do you do? You got to pay the fine. I want to bring up the Beretta thing because it, I, I got to witness this, obviously, yeah. up close and personal because of being in the series. But... Uh, the fan side of me was really interested, and then like the podcast side of me was really interested. Well, yeah. The the dynamic change between you and Beretta, because at the beginning of the season we had a thing <coughs> at St. Pete drivers meeting where I can't remember. Oh, they were announcing like the yeah. FIA GT3 tie-in or something. For, oh yeah, for, we're like, going to do that race for Italy and, and, all uh, that crap. and yeah, 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 never really went anywhere. But Baru or something. Yeah, Baku. yeah. So up on the main stage is like 
series regulars, Johnny O'Connell, Beretta, like a couple others. And you and Beretta sit next to each other, and you tell us on the thing, you know, like, yeah, you know, obviously we're we're rivals on track, but we spend a lot of time when Ollie comes to town, he, st yeah. he stays at my house, and yeah. the whole nine yards to eight months later, the finale at Laguna Seca, you guys are literally – he spins you yeah. for the championship, yeah. goes on to hit my teammate, breaks yeah. his car, loses the championship, and then you go on to get the win. Yeah. And, and it was like that There's guy's – There's a lot of drama. <laughs> yeah. he, you, you're literally like, that guy's crazy. Yeah. Well, and and to just think. to set the stage, I mean, Beretta has sort of been in your world for a very long time between well, Corvette yeah, and together we, for years. And, and out of the car, always had a great time with him. He's right, a lovely right. guy. In yeah. the car – He's a complete psychotic madman. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's kind of neat because uh, guys will remember, you know, uh, mid-Ohio when we were both in Corvette. Yeah. And we're both on the pit speed limiter. I'm in front of them That's at right. mid-Ohio. That's right. And we're banging doors going down pit lane. Right. There's a marshal in front of us because pit lane is closed. Right. All right. And holding a red flag. Right. But I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. And we're bam, 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 bam. The official has to run and dive out of the way. Otherwise, we're going to run him over. And then Beretta gets off the pit speed button early to get in front of me. And, I mean, that, that was, man, that was the beginning of the ugliness. And uh, I did pass him back on the racetrack. This is your teammate. And that's my teammate. And, uh, and it was so funny because, dude, when, we, you know, when he and I were teamed at Corvette, in, in 10 we were teamed for a couple of races. I have him over the house. Yeah. And I think, oh, this will be fun. Let's watch Talladega Nights. He's never seen it. Yeah. Right? Oh, and so Jean Girard is, you know, talking, what is wrong? You don't like the jazz music? And, and I'm like, Olivia, you sound just like him. <laughs> like, I do. You know? So, uh, so, no, we had fun. But, yeah, no, it just, uh, you know, that was, you know, especially what happened after Long Beach. After Long Beach, it was just, you know. Right. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, if I do something like that, if I do a stupid move on Ryan, you know, I might wait a day or two for him to chill out. But then I'm like, hey, dude, sorry I got yeah. it to you. Yeah. You know, and he can be like, well, screw you. But I know that kind of stuff happens. Yeah, I was going to ask, did, was there ever a follow-up after the season ended? Like, hey, let's at the put banquet. the behind us. At, at, at the banquet, they put our tables next to each other. <laughs> and uh, his team owner, I can't remember the guy's name. but Giacomo really, or something. Yeah, or, yeah, great guy. Yeah. The, 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 and he's like, Johnny, come over, say hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, guys, you know. Glad it's all over, and uh, Olivier, I, I love you, but stop running into me, you know. So, <laughs> so, so but uh, you know, you got to put that stuff, the right. stuff behind you. But, uh, but yeah, no, it. Uh, I mean, we're 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 blessed. You're blessed. You know, I mean, yeah. we're racing in in what has been just a, a great series, uh, World Challenge. You know, over the six years that I've been there, there's been tremendous growth and and interest. You know, you go back six, seven years, nobody paid attention to it. Now. A it's ton of people are paying attention to it. Yeah. I, I wish we still did the standing start, you know, because uh, when guys like Kilo Castroneves and Will Power come up to me and uh, are, are watching our races because they love the standing start aspect, I think you're making a statement. I think we've, you know, maybe not done the greatest thing there. That was uh, dangerous but exciting. Thinking through the years, um, this may be a tough one to answer on the spot, but who's the best guy that we've never heard of? A gifted guy that nobody, you know, really – knows or remembers is Krasnoff. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. He was Tommy Kendall was a big proponent of his. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah. Really always mentioned. Well, yeah, just had the mentality of, of, you know, again, he was working out before guys were working yeah, out. Yeah, right. Exactly you know, right. he never touched alcohol. I mean, everything he did was race, race, race. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he understood, you know, f 
he understood fashion. I didn't. <laughs> you know, he grew, he grew, I guess if you grew up in La Quinata, yeah. you understand fashion. Yeah. You know, in, in, in Connecticut, I was like, yeah, man, jeans are jeans. <laughs> you know, I don't think I ever owned a pair yeah. of Jordache, and I'm proud of that, damn it. And, uh, For those but, of you uh, listening, that was an older jean company. Yeah, <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. So far, I've heard AJ Foyt. I've heard Steve Mellon. A lot of, lot of uh, yeah. yeah. I'm curious what other impressions you have up your sleeve. Uh, of guys? Yeah, anybody. Yeah. Favorite favorite guy, uh, my hero, was Phil Hill. Okay. Yeah. And it's very refreshing to uh, to meet your hero, and they're every bit as cool as you yeah. thought they would be. And uh, it was actually Sebring probably a couple of years before he, he passed. And myself and John Morton uh, yep. got to spend about an hour and a half you right. know, talking to him. And to, to hear the stories about ferrari at that time in right. his sports car career that was you know and just to for i mean he was a very humble guy he was uh you know he recognized he was successful and all that and you know again he still i think all race car drivers have uh that self-confidence uh some become jerks uh he was definitely not a jerk yeah. and you could tell he had a great love for the sport but impressions yeah yep. jackie stewart how about Jackie Stewart. Was did you do his Jackie you know, Stewart impression? You know, funny, the dude. Okay. It's a great day for motor racing. You know, <laughs> the, the, right. the, yeah. the funniest thing is when we are doing that test at Throxton, yeah. right? I'm riding around, you know, in his, in his car with him through the infield, right? You know, because we're going corner to corner checking things out. It's Jackie Stewart, man. Yeah. yeah and you're yeah. like, man, I'm Jackie Stewart, right? Well, <laughs> he goes, literally, you get, you, you, he gets the car rolling in first gear and then immediately goes second, third, fourth, right? You're doing, cars don't like hour. being yeah, going yeah. 20 miles an hour in fourth gear. So the car's going, gah, 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 gah. and all I can think is, change the gear, Jackie, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I didn't have the courage to say it. Jackie, what are you doing? So that was kind of fun. Did you know Spencer Pompelli killed a guy? You know what? That, that wouldn't surprise me. Did he kill him with kindness? Maybe. So oh. no, he's a he's a nice guy, isn't he? Or did he really kill a guy? So there's a there's a rumor that you tried to murder Dario Franchitti at a racetrack once. Well, you know, a murder's I, I would Strong call it word. homicide. Okay. I mean, murder has that like intent. Okay. Thing, but uh, but yeah, and I I never even knew I did it. Just like you know, cruising through the paddock that at at Detroit, you uh -huh. know, uh, Dario was was still driving at the time. Oh, so yeah, and, he, he had to work the next uh, but day. But but he's like he came up to me. Uh, I want to say it was at Lamar or one, maybe one of the other races. He's like, huh. you know, he almost killed me. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so Jackie Stewart yeah. came up to you. Yeah, yeah, Jackie Stewart. You know, they all sound like it's like they're all in the same room. Yeah, the same guy. from wearing that kilt. Uh, but, do, do you uh, do you yeah. impersonate Beretta at all? Well, you, all you gotta do is listen to Jean Girard. Yeah, okay. is so Simon Passion. Yeah. I'd Olivia like to, to meet my husband Gregory. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Olivia Beretta's married to a man. Yeah, very good. I'm learning a lot today. And that man is most dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, with kids, you have kids. Yeah. What drives you crazy about like pop culture and the cra like? Th is it TV shows? Is it the crap your kids wear? Like, because you your kids are both like 22 and 18. Kanan's 22. Something? Kelly's 19. 19. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just the way that uh, certainly my daughter lives on her phone. It's so funny. She'll have you know friends sleep over at the house, and you'll go into the room at two o'clock in the morning, and they're, they never talk to each other. They're just on their phone. <laughs> right. the, they're on the phone all the time. It's a, you know, and they don't watch TV anymore. Right. Um, I. Uh, but you know what? I I got to tell you, one of the the 
just warmest, happiest parts of my life was when they were younger. And you got, you know, you watched the cartoons with them sure. and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, that was fun. And then, uh, you know, initially you like Hannah Montana, you know. And, <laughs> Who doesn't? And, Who doesn't? Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> and, but then you realize, you know, all kids are, ro- are rotten these days because you know, the cheekiness of the kids on the TV shows. You know, it's like you go back and you watch the Andy Griffith show. There was respect for, sure. for people that were older. Than yeah. you. Now it's, uh, you know, you, you, you have like a cute little kid say something cheeky and disrespectful to, to an elder, okay, and then you insert a laugh track and they, you are, you know, we are, TV is training our children pretty poor. But, uh, but as, as far as my kids go, you know, no, they, they've, turned out, uh, they've turned out pretty good so far. So we have a tradition on the show that we pass on a question to, yeah. to the next guest. So the next guest is none other than my dad, John Eversley, who has a long history in the sport of being a mechanic, crew chief, yeah. team manager, worked with uh, Bob Aiken in the Coke 962, the John Paul Jr. 935s, Panos, me. Yeah. <laughs> it went really downhill pretty yeah. fast. Um, so any question you would want to ask him about anything, like, you know, people have asked, like, what do you eat for breakfast? Yeah. To where did your career go right? Where did, yeah. Anything you could think of. Well, I, your dad is known and, and, and accomplished and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'd be more uh, more inclined to, uh, to ask him, you know, how much did you go out of your way to help your boy uh, in, in his career? <laughs> He's going to be you like, know? what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why would I do that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, how much, you know. Was he willing to dig into into his wallet? How much did he invest? You know the uh, yeah, which is what it should be. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, through my career, you know, I d- have done a lot of the TV broadcasting mm-hmm. and stuff for the Star Mazda stuff and and other things. And I, I can't tell you how many parents have come up to me asking me, you know, where should I where should my kid be racing? And then guys, right. and this is no lie, guys saying, listen, I put four hundred thousand dollars away for my retirement. Okay, where where should I use that on on my kid? Oh, and I'm yeah. uh, no yeah. lie. Yeah. Wow, no lie. And yeah. and uh, and I can come up with four names that are in my head right now. And I'll be and I I've always been like, whatever you do, don't spend don't your own that. money. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, uh, it, uh, but yeah, no, it is. The, you know what? You, you can make it. You are you are proof. Uh, Lally's proof. Mm-hmm. There's you know my teammate Michael Cooper's proof. I'm proof. You can make it, but you got to be hungrier and work harder than everybody else. And that's, you know, it's funny because with my son, you know, uh, you know, I help him out with some travel and all that kind of stuff. Sure, yeah. But, uh, you know, all, all I, tell, I tell him that, you know what, right now, okay, there's a thousand guys that want to be race car drivers, okay? You got to, you know, 999 of them. You've got to work hard. You got to want it more. You got to burn more fuel. You got to do whatever it yep, takes. Yep. Tony Kanaan spent a lot of time sweeping garages when he came to the States. Yep. You know, and you got to be willing to, to, you know, to have that just ridiculous amount of hunger. And yeah. it's kind of cool for me now with, 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 with Kanan because he's figured it out. How much longer are you going to be doing this? Oh, boy. You know what? Uh, I, I still have a few things I want to do. Uh, Le Mans. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've, I've been on the podium there nine times, won it four. The only thing I don't have for an American there, 
Actually, I, I have the most in the history of the world. This one I'm kind of proud of. I have the most consecutive finishes at Le Mans huh. at 10. So even, even uh, you know, Christensen doesn't have that. Really? But, uh, but there was a driver. I have the most starts for any American. Uh, but Mastin Gregory yeah. had 16 appearances. So I want to get that one uh, next year. And uh, I'd like to get it on that podium and yeah. get another win there again. Uh, to answer your question, I still feel good. Yeah. You know, I still, you know, I think uh, I, I'd like to think that guys, you know, when they race me can look at me and say that's one of the better guys that this country's ever produced. For sure. And uh, the fact that I can still win races, you know, against guys like yourself, Parent, Patrick Long, top guys, uh, I'm like, there's no reason to leave. Right. You know, yeah. uh, especially if I like it. So to answer your question, you know, if I could go another three, five years, my, in my ideal, okay, fantasy world you know i run another three so odd years and then my kid replaces me there you go you ran with lally in the gto yeah how was that that was good that was good it, it uh you know what we 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 i forget i think we finished second that year uh i want to say uh you know uh, and andy i think andy had a little bit of a difficulty working with me uh initially in that there's a tv uh, show about huh? it huh there was a tv show about it yeah and uh, well, because that it was, yeah, there was there was a TV show about that, and that might be why Andy was the way he was because I was the big GM factory guy. And how was like, he? Kind of how, what? How was Andy? <laughs> Non-compromising at that stage in his career. Really? Yeah. Uh, I think he would have benefited from like listening to me maybe a little bit more. No, I think that's that sounds all right. That sounds like <laughs> him now. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know it again. One guy doesn't win Daytona, one guy doesn't win Sebring, one guy didn't live win Le Mans. So everybody sure. working together. So it's a loaded question about the TV show because Sean, I don't know, produced it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. you guys Whatever. had an interview that Sean was reluctant to mention. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What did I say? He didn't say it, man. I don't you know. Oh, no, you were a pain in the ass. Huh? Was you I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. this isn't on the air. Yeah. But, uh, no, you can put this on the air. It's, it's on the air. Okay. Like, what are you talking oh, no, about? Yeah, it's yeah, on yeah, the air. No, no. Our very so our very first interaction was I was actually the it was my show. Yeah. I sold yeah. it. Uh, we had a show that we did with TRG. Yeah, uh, we were documenting the whole thing, and I don't think you even came to the test. I think you yeah. just came for the race. Yeah, and my assumption is no one told you about us. Oh no. So you walked in to in the Pontiac TRG relationship wasn't exactly ideal at that yeah. point, and yeah. uh, so you walk in and there's all these film crew guys walking around. Yeah, and every time you would see a little boom mic, you just be like. Oh Just yeah, to that's make sure that's you weren't me. in the shot. Hey. That's that's totally me. That's totally me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. They, and like yeah. the thing is, you and I had because yeah. most of my guys, yeah. especially the producers I had with me, they by design weren't racers. Yeah. So they would ask you the most generic question. And you're like, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, do you like uh, do you like <laughs> racing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How fast are you going? You know, it was all that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And and everybody would come up to me like that Johnny O'Connell guy. He's just such a. <laughs> and, yeah. and like, and we didn't know each other. I'm like, but no, yeah. everybody says he's really nice. I have a hard time yeah. buying this. And then I yeah. watch the footage. Well, but if I, but if I was on the other yeah. end, and yeah. somebody, you know, every time like the cameras on him goes, <laughs> you, know, you know, I would, I would, I would be pissed off as well. But that's part of the fun. No, you no, know? I get because it. Because you know what? You get again. <laughs> we we do this because we love it because right. it's fun, right? You know, and then stuff like that. You know, it, it uh, you know. 
please let them know he's actually a decent guy <laughs> and he's just having fun in a in a, in a, in, yeah, in, yeah, in, I know in a jerky yeah. sort of way. But uh, I had a, I had a buddy once uh, tell me, you know what? If everybody likes you, you're doing something wrong. So I agree. I guess no, yeah. oh, well, I'm doing a great job <laughs> according to my crew. <laughs> so that so that's two people now that you've called an asshole. Yeah, on the that show. is true. You also called Bob Barsha an asshole. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Call yeah. Bob. He yeah. is an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, we debated. I was like, I don't know if we want to put that story on the spot because I don't know if Johnny be defensive oh, no, about no, no, it. No. But it sounds no, like you no, were no, like, yeah. <laughs> but then Deshaun's credit, he said that when you finally, yeah, because like him, we didn't actually, because you, you know I was with Buckler and yeah. Lally and Valentine like off road and yeah. you know away from the track. Ah, so like they all knew me and they were comfortable yeah. and they knew my yeah. understanding of racing. But yeah. But you were dealing with my field producers who were asking you nothing but generic stuff. Yeah. And, like, well, I believe one guy was like, was there any drama? Like, that's yeah. never the thing you asked. Oh, I know. No. So, but when you and I interfaced, I noticed you changed a lot. Yeah. And you were actually apologetic. Yeah. Because I think it was the first time you talked with somebody on our crew that, that knew what he was that watching. That knew something. You know? Well, yeah, and the so. other thing is, I didn't do Daytona for the paycheck. Right. You know, I went there to win. Right. All right. right. And so I just didn't know that, wait, this is... There's a distraction here. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, you got, you know, you got guys acting. Right. And I'm like, you know, let's win a race. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. That, uh, that, uh, but, but my apologies if I, uh, oh, I you don't know, care. Oh, you know, again, it's nice. He's been, he's I've been, been holding yeah. yeah, I know, I know. Or it's, nice, it's like the guy. Dario and I, we got Dario in the back already. Dario and Sean are going to jump Johnny O'Connell and get the kicked out of him. Yeah. He actually did kill two people. <laughs> Sean right. Heckman and Dario Franchini. That's <laughs> like the movie Anchorman. I killed the guy with a trident. <laughs> you might want to yeah, 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 lay yeah, low yeah, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. Beautiful. I'd say Continental's got the check. Meow, 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 meow. I'm finished. Wow, that was such a great episode. That guest really knew how to tell a story. Did you like that, Johnny O'Connell, Ryan? Good. I'm glad that you're sitting here right next to me as we edit. You're welcome, Sean. I'm right here. All right. Huge shout-out to Johnny O'Connell. Glad we could bury the hatchet from all those years of anger and torment. But uh, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and close out this first episode of Season 2. And just like we did last season, we're going to close out with uh, trying to bring some attention to some music that uh, maybe you're not as familiar with. So uh, those who paid attention on social media may have seen we've put out a few kind of open calls for people to submit uh, songs. And you'll see throughout season two, we'll have a little bit of mix of people that we've never met who submitted stuff. And we'll also mix in some of our old friends and just sort of a good combination of the two. But uh, the first one is actually somebody who we've never met who uh, kind of responded to our open casting. His name is Billy Hamill. Uh, and he's with a band called Rex, W-R-E-C-K-S. You can find them on Bandcamp. Uh, looks like they're still kind of putting some demos together, but they had one song that I kind of just felt like it fit Johnny pretty well. It's called Four Shots, and I'll waste your time no longer. Thanks for listening. Enjoy.